On our last episode, we talked about the importance of understanding mystery in the Christian faith. One of the greatest points of mystery, in my opinion, something I've never been able to fully wrap my mind around, and many would agree, is the theological truth of the Trinity. Let's talk about the Trinity on this episode of Daily Jumpstart. We're going to start by reading a variety of scriptures that point to this truth on this episode. There isn't one simple verse that describes the Trinity, but through the scope of the entirety of scripture, we see we see it point over and over again to the reality of the Trinity. We'll start with Jesus's words in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Again, to words of Jesus, where he claims equality with the Father. In John 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. And then we can look to the words of Paul to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We see each person referred to in that verse, each person of the Trinity. And then in 1 Peter, we have Peter again point to this agreed upon truth of equality in separate persons of the Godhead. This is according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be with you. So... To what extent should we try to explain the doctrine of the Trinity? What extent should we be willing to stop trying to explain it and accept it? Where does this mystery fit in with how we talk and think about the Christian faith? I think there's a lot of reasons to defend and explain the idea of the Trinity, especially in the face of people's misunderstandings that they can think of other religions or polytheism and they can mask those things in Christian words, yet they don't actually believe in the Trinity. They don't believe in the core tenet of the Christian faith. When you have wrong thinking about something, what it can turn into is heretical thinking. So I think we need to respond to those questions. And if you have questions, to ask those uh, to people around you about the Trinity. Many people misunderstand what what Christians say, what we mean when we talk about the, the Trinity. I think Christians, we each need to be able to adequately explain what we mean. They, We need to be able to go, maybe not into extreme depths, but we need to be able to go great lengths to defend the Trinity against heretical views. It's not just that people can be confused about what the Trinity is, but it's that they believe something that is wrong, antithetical to what Christians are called to believe, what the Bible says, what historic Christianity has believed. Uh, Many good-meaning people end up believing a sort of modalism, which means that there is one God, but then he exists in different modes, different forms, and in that right there is an ancient heresy about the Trinity. 
And so we need to be able to put words to that, to be able to dive into the conversation enough to combat these ideas. There's very famous preachers and teachers that claim the name of Jesus Christ, yet do not believe in the Trinity, that there is a equal Godhead, that God is one essence, but three persons, separate persons, eternally existing. And so we need to be able to combat those and say that God isn't just one God that exists in different forms at different times or or looks a different way when he's interacting in different ways with creation. That's not what Christians believe. Christians believe that Jesus was eternally existing as the son, as the son in the Godhead that he came into as a person in our time in the body of Jesus Christ. But then he also still currently exists on the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. God the Father exists in creation through the Old Testament. He exists as the Yahweh, God the Father. And so we have to understand that those things need to be, at least on the base understanding, understand what not to understand. So as Christians... I think we need to point people to what Christ said. Why well, I pointed to those verses talking about baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, pointing to the verse in John where Christ says that he's one with the Father. Those things all imply equality, all imply equal existence. And so Christians must be okay living inside maybe a state of mystery with how that works, how the inner workings of three in one actually ends up looking like. But we don't want Christians or even non-Christians getting caught in dwelling on the points of the faith that are mysteries in the sense that, well, I have to fully understand this idea before I can follow Jesus Christ in the words that he said. Before I can look at Jesus Christ and understand him and his work, I need to be able to fully understand. I have to be able to write down a thesis paper about what this means. And again, pointing back to our conversation about mystery, We should be able to accept something, not because it it lacks all mysteriousness, but because we can trust the messenger of that truth. And that messenger being Jesus Christ, when he says the equality in the Godhead, revealing God as Father, promising the Holy Spirit, claiming his equality with the Father, that he and the Father are one. We trust him because we see his work. We see that he is neither a liar nor a lunatic, but he is Lord. I think it's also important to remember that some things aren't going to be able to be understood from a clouded mind before salvation. And then Jesus says that things will become clear to us when we become part of the kingdom. When we become a follower of Jesus Christ, our our vision begins to lose the cloudiness from sin. So we pray that those would come into saving faith with Jesus and they'd be able to see the Trinity not as a stumbling block, but as a helpful way to understand the intercommunication of God, the relationship that is built into who God is himself and therefore implying our need for relationship. But there's also another point that there may be things this side of heaven that we will never understand. But those things should bring us into a state of giving God glory because we know that he is so big and so awesome and so powerful that there's even things about his nature that we can't fully grasp. But we can look at them and glory in them and begin to understand little parts of him. 
that help encourage us in our life and give us more reason to praise him, to lift up his name high and say he is a greater God than all other gods, all other idols in this world. I know I didn't get into everything about the Trinity in this conversation, but that's it for this episode of Daily Jumpstart. Start.